I trust, knowing death has lost its power, since you crushed it in the dust, Savior, let your agony ever help and comfort me. When I die, be my protection, light and life and resurrection. The text for the sermon this day is taken from Luke 22, beginning at verse 39 or verse 47, sorry, it says, While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of a Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant to the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. <coughs> then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come, come for him, Am I leading rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. This is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When it comes to the arrest of Jesus, there are a few things that could be focused on. One could very easily focus on the arrest of Jesus, but specifically on the betrayal. That he was betrayed by one of his good friends, a disciple. As, the, as St. John, John, John Chrysostom, as you heard earlier, was quoting, he, said, he made the mention that Matthew still referred to Judas as a disciple, as one of the twelve. One of Jesus' dear friends coming to betray him. And it's kind of interesting that we talk about this as today is actually the feast of St. Matthias who happens to be the guy who replaced Judas. Coincidence, I didn't plan that. I could focus on how Judas chose to betray. He betrayed with a kiss. The international sign of love and affection was the sign that was used to arrest Jesus in order that Jesus would be put to death. I could talk about how the, how the soldiers reacted to Jesus. In one of the other gospel accounts, there's a, Jesus acknowledges that he is who he is, and the soldiers drop to their knees. An incredible sight. I could focus on the fact that Peter pulled out his sword and struck the ear of, of the servant of the high priest, a guy that was named Malchus, according to the Gospel of John. 
And actually, it is that sequence of events that I am going to focus on. Because what follows is quite amazing. Because you see, so Peter pulls out this sword, and he tries to, and he swings the sword to kill Malchus. He had the intent to kill. He did not plan to just cut off an ear. The reason he didn't is because he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't very well trained. Lucky for Malchus. Malchus's ear is cut off. And what's amazing is what you don't read that happens afterwards. You don't read that all these soldiers pull out their swords and a huge battle ensues. You don't see that. No one reaches for their sword to fight. Jesus speaks up and that might have stopped the disciples and slowed them down. He told Peter, put away your sword for anyone who uses the sword shall die by the sword. Commonly a verse used for about the death penalty, but in reality, Jesus is actually making a parable stating that if you live a life by the sword, if you live a life by violence, you are going to die by violence. It's just simple wisdom. But the disciples don't care about Malchus. They tried to kill him. The other soldiers don't care about Malchus because they didn't show, they didn't pull out their swords to defend him. And the reason is, is because all he is, is a servant to the high priest. He isn't one of the soldiers. Nobody really cared about Malchus. Which makes what Jesus does so amazing. Because remember, Malchus is coming out to arrest Jesus, just as all those other people are. He's coming out to bring Jesus to be arrested to be, and to be crucified. And in spite of the fact that he was Jesus' enemy, Jesus still got down on his knees and touched that broken ear of Malchus and healed it. Think about that. Jesus knows exactly what's going to happen to him in the next several hours. Last week, as I talked about the Garden of Gethsemane, I had mentioned that, you know, Jesus knows that he is going, he is going to go to an illegal trial, that he is going to be spat upon, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be humiliated, he's going to be stripped, and he's going to be forced to carry a cross to which he is to be nailed. He knows that every bit of it is going to happen to him. And he knows when he is on that cross, he is carrying the sins of the entire world, that that crucifixion is for the salvation of the world. And then you have Malchus. His ear is cut off, which, yes, is excruciatingly painful, I'd imagine. But he could live. You can live without an ear. It, we prefer to have two, but you can, live with, you can live without one of them. There are many soldiers that have lost their ears in battle. 
and they were still able to live. They weren't able to hear as well, and it was, like I said, certainly painful. But they could live. And yet, Jesus, who is on the way to do the most important thing in the history of the world, stops and halts everything to hear, heal Malachus's ear. What incredible compassion. What incredible love. That is the love of our Lord. That is the love of Jesus. That he sees a man that no one else cares a thing about. And is even his enemy. And still shows love and compassion to him. See, we have a lot in common with Malchus. We may not have gone out to arrest Jesus at the garden of Gethsemane, but we certainly are, are born enemies of God. We are born sinful. We are born as the ones for the, the reason why Jesus was crucified. We are as much an enemy of God as Malchus was on that night in our sinful nature. And the thing is, is we continue to sin all the way through our lives. And yet our God repeatedly, repeatedly shows love and compassion to us. If you, he, gives, he makes sure that you have food to eat. He makes sure that you have a roof over your head. He makes sure that you have clothes to keep you warm. And even more than that, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. While you were an enemy of God, just as Malchus was an enemy of Jesus, Jesus died for you. Such a simple love. And such a great love. One that surpasses all understanding. One that we cannot even begin to fathom. But he gives it. He loves the loveless. Have you ever had days where you felt like nobody was on your side? Sometimes you can even feel, sometimes you feel even as if your family's not on your side. Now that one might be more common when you're a kid, but still could sometimes have that when you're an adult. You feel like you're completely alone. Anyone of you know that feeling where you felt alone even though you're surrounded by people? Even in those moments, this Jesus still loves you. He is the one that still has compassion on you and loves you when no one else seems to. And perhaps when no one else does. He never ceases. That's his nature. 
That is what we're celebrating in Lent, is that unlimited love of Jesus, that unlimited grace that we have not earned. I mean, to put this into perspective, let's imagine that every single person in this, every person in the entire world except for you, and I say you, individual you, so this could be pointed to any of you, I was thinking about singling out names, but I'm going to be nice and not embarrass anyone. But let's say that every single person in the world, except for you individually, was without sin. You were perfect. They were all perfect, but you were not. This is how great the love of Jesus is. He still would have been born of the Virgin Mary, would have still walked this earth, would still have been beaten and tortured and crucified in order that you alone would receive that salvation. That's why we say, Jesus loves me, this I know. And sadly, there are passages that fight against that one and say it's Jesus loves us, not Jesus loves me. But no, he loves you individually. That much. He had every single face of every single human being that ever lived on his mind when he went to the cross. He died for you. That is a weight, that is the extent of his love. And so, if we've received this love, what should that do to us? For one, Lead us to confession. It always leads us to the throne of grace. Think of the parable, the prodigal son, where the prodigal, the, young, the younger son is coming and he sees the father a long ways off. And the, and the son is actually coming, not intending to, to say he's sorry, to confess. Rather, he's trying to cover his behind and try to pay off how he broke his father's heart. It's not until the Father embraced him and welcomed him back as a son. It was then that the younger son confessed. It was after he saw the love of the Father that he confessed his sin. See, the law will never ever motivate you to be a good person. The law will only tell you how you fail. It is the love of Jesus that pushes us, motivates us to live differently. It motivates us to confess our sins, and it motivates us to say that this is love, that, that love laid himself down for you. Therefore, we ought to love one another all the same. Who are, who is it? that you could think of in your life that could really use somebody to show their love to for you to show their your love to them there are people all over loneliness is becoming an epidemic in our culture and sadly to say not even in the small towns is that untrue anymore and really even in a small town a person could feel even more alone because it's a tight knit community If somebody feels disassociated with it, they feel isolated. 
What can you do to reach out to those people? Who is the person in your, who you work with, living in your area, person you go to school with, that person that's sitting at a lunch table all by themselves, which I guess in the, our, the schools here, everybody sits with other people, not as much of a problem. But I know in my school, that was a problem. You see that one person just sitting there all by themselves. Who's the person to reach out to? Jesus had compassion on Malchus when no one else would. He had compassion on you when you didn't deserve it. May we show the same kind of love and compassion to those who need it, those whom our Lord has placed in our lives, until he comes in Jesus' name. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith and to life everlasting. Amen. We continue by singing hymn 423.